in the last episode of the author switch i touched on book marketing as i talked about how to launch your book but boy i only scratched the surface of all the things you can do with book marketing in this episode my guest and i my guest tina koenig and i chat even more about all the myriad things that you can do in book marketing and promoting your book. The author's switch. Hello and welcome to The Author's Switch, the podcast that is dedicated to helping new and aspiring authors turn on the author's switch to success in their mind. I am your host, Karma Spence, author of the best-selling books, Public Speaking Superpowers, and Home Sweet Homepage. Today, my guest is Tina Koenig. She is a literary publicist and author consultant. She works with new and established writers, providing services as diverse as coaching, manuscript development, author platform and author business development, book proposal writing, book production and book marketing, and public relations. She is a renaissance woman when it comes to book marketing. Tina has worked with a variety of authors in a variety of capacity and has a wealth of stories to share with you. And she shares a variety of them in this episode. I recorded this particular episode late in 2020, so you will notice a wardrobe shift. So welcome to the podcast, Tina. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm grateful to be here and glad that you could squeeze me in. Here we are at the end of the year of a thrilling 2020. I know you'll be <laughs> broadcasting it later, but it's great to, great to be with you and um, hi to all the listeners. Yeah, exactly. So you have a fair amount of experience working with authors and helping them get books into people's hands. So I thought we could just sort of talk about the different topics along those lines. So the first up, it used to be that in order to get published, you had to go through a gatekeeper, period. End of sentence. If the gatekeeper didn't give you a blessing, and that would be either an agent or an editor, then you didn't get published. But things have changed because of pop publishing. There's traditional publishing, there's self-publishing, there's different kinds of self-publishing, and there's a hybrid where people help you. And I just wanted to kind of get, what are your thoughts about the myriad ways that someone can actually get a book published today? So I, I, I look at it, I, I kind of put it into three categories. And and when I'm working with someone who's just starting out or they have a manuscript, we have a conversation about how they want to approach it. So number one for me, or in the first category would be traditional publishing, uh, getting an agent. So I will, we'll talk about a timeline if the author is anxious to get their book published or, or if they can wait a little while, because I still do believe that getting an agent's and, agent and going through a traditional publisher uh, sort of relieves the writer of some of the responsibilities of figuring out how to manage the production of their book. So that's that's kind of the first the first step for me is we make that attempt, which would be either, you know, writing the query letter, 
getting, you know, sending it to the agent, writing a book proposal if it's a nonfiction book. So that's where I start. If I am working with someone, working with a writer who's kind of done that already, or they've said to me, oh, no, 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 I'm quite sure I've done my research. I don't want to go to an agent. I know it'll take two years before my book is even on the shelves or available. So I want to self-publish because I know I can get it to the market faster. That will be, you know, that might be option number two for them. Let's say choosing door number one, two, and three in the old game show uh, comparisons, (laughs) which... Everybody knows, right? Is it behind door number one or door number two or door number three? So door number two is, you know, maybe publishing on Amazon. And how do we do that? Do we do we self-publish with Ingram Spark or maybe we choose another book publishing provider of those services? And then I will kind of coach them through that process of who to maybe get your cover design from and how to get your manuscript formatted for digital and and so on. And we have a we have a conversation too about a timeline and how to timeline all of this because it doesn't just take 30 days or 60 days to get your book published if you feel like you want to do any kind of marketing. So right. we do have that conversation and I can talk more about that later. So option number three might be something like working with a, a hybrid publisher where you know they they have experience designing books for authors, designing the covers, designing the interiors, they have a distribution network set up. So you're not, it's not a total DIY, but you know, there's, there's more of an, there can be more of an expense associated with that. Mm. And they can also walk you through some of the, the marketing pieces of it, or they, they offer marketing packages that are pre-priced so those three options, you know, the traditional going to the agent, self-publishing, completely DIY, and then some hybrid form uh, of a hybrid publisher. I think there there are a handful of them out there um, that uh, I'm working with a client right now. Let me just check uh, Morgan James Publishing. So she chose to 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 go that route. I've worked with clients in, that have that have done all three, you know, and and mm-hmm. so it that's kind of the first conversation I'll have with them. And then we go from there. So that's how I view it as you've got three doors to choose from when right. you get out there in the market. Now, when you were describing the hybrid model, mm-hmm. it reminded me a lot of vanity press and pre pod vanity press was one of those things where it didn't have a great reputation in the, in, in the biz because they charged you a lot and you didn't get much ROI, return on investment. Right. Has the vanity press changed to where it's actually a decent option these days? Or has it just disappeared altogether and become hybrid? Well, I kind of, I don't even really like the term anymore. I, I just, I want to try to separate, let's just break it down into two categories. There's a category of a traditional publisher where if you're going to, let's say, try to get your book reviewed, those books have a, just a better chance of getting reviewed in a New York Times or an LA Times or some kind of a, a website that has a lot of authority. Mm-hmm. Anything that is published any other way, you're just, you're not going to have as many options. So it's kind of like there. So, so whether you self-publish or you work with a quote vanity press or a hybrid publisher, you know, 
to me, I feel like you're, you're going to be at a little bit of a disadvantage. And I, I hate to put that out there uh, because, and I'll tell you why, because I worked with a client this year who she uh, was in a human resources capacity, uh, working specifically with clients who had issues related to the Me Too movement. Now, this is, I just to put it into, into some kind of a time frame for the listeners, uh, she was publishing sort of at the January 2020 and, and into, in 2019, where that was still a, a kind of a topic. It was before COVID, wipe, you know, just wiped everything else off out of our conversation. Right. So, so she self-published and she refused to do any kind of think about traditional publishing. She wanted ev- all her profits through Amazon. And so, and, but because she had some very impressive work credentials and education credentials uh, coming from Ivy League schools, she was actually able to get on quite a number of television shows because of her expertise and her ability to talk about Me Too with a lot of authority. And she had some other clips too. So, you know, if you have authority in a particular space and you have letters after your name, it really can make a difference and, and kind of help you get above that hurdle or, 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 or even, you know, you'll clear it without a problem. So in some cases it's, it's, it's very individual. Uh, another client too is working this year in a, at a high, in a, with a hybrid press and she has um, a lot of experience in, in her category, which is career guiding nurses through their careers. Well, she's got an RN, she's got a PhD and has a lot of authority. So because of that, you know, I was able to get her some press that, you know, maybe someone who didn't have that background in her career and through her education, they wouldn't have the same opportunities as she had. It makes a difference. Right. So let's say you don't have letters after your name. You're not, you're not a FUD. (laughs) PhD. What do you think are the best ways to promote a self or hybrid published book? So I really, I I think that you need to be, you need to plan in advance. You need to build your own authority. You need to get, uh, begin as early as you can to build a website that is your name, your name writer, your name something, or just your name if you can have it. Because if you own your name, it doesn't matter how many books you publish. You don't have to worry about changing it. Or right. if you have a, you know, if you if you're like Gretchen Rubin, where you have a the Happiness Project, and you've created a brand, you can have your, you know, you can own your brand. But keep in mind, you're going to have to live with that brand for a long time. And if the brand goes out of fashion, you're stuck with your brand. So I I, I always tell my clients, let's let's start with your name, start with a website get some content up on your website. Uh, I do a social media audit with them. We secure everything across every platform that exists. We don't want to necessarily use all of those platforms. There aren't enough hours in the day, but you (laughs) want to have them in your asset holdings. You know, you want to have those assets. So, um, so you've got to get a great looking website and start getting some content posts on there. And then um, it's just very important whether you write fiction, nonfiction, even kids' books. And I'll tell you a story about a children's book 
you know, but it's very important that you come up with some kind of a content or try to decide like, what is your area of expertise? What can you talk about that complements what you write about? So I'll give you an example. I worked with a client who did a children's picture book, How Cara Lost Her Color. So what it was about is the bleaching of coral reefs. Mm. Gorgeous picture book, completely, she completely self-published. Now she's a, a marine science student in college and she lives in Hawaii and she just, and she, she's just adorable. She has a great story about how she works in aquariums and she dives and um, she wrote this story because she feels this story and she sees it out there. So she can talk about, you know, the environmental damage that's being done in the oceans. And then she writes, this theme is coming through her books and she's starting to build her authority because she's a student and she's studying in this area. So think about what do you know about, where might you start to submit articles in trade magazines, whether it's cycling or baking or you know, any even kind of hobby that you may have. There are certainly plenty, plenty of stories of folks who've gone on successfully. The wine category is one of them, I think. Um, where someone started blogging about wines and then their website blew up and, you know, and, 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 and so um, you can, you can do this with, if you're writing a children's book or any other kind of book, think about, you know, where is, where are those other areas of authority that you might have and start getting some content out there that has your byline on it. And then you can share that through the social media platforms, just pick a couple of them to work on Facebook, Instagram, have a lot of reach and you can go into TikTok. It really kind of depends on your book and if it's visual and the age demographic, there's a lot of micro targeting that you can do when you're deciding social media. So those are just a couple of ways to start getting out there, building a presence for yourself in the online world on the internet and then focus on if you are are thinking about submitting content and articles to news sources that are well annotated through google and that appear in google search so Mm. you know smaller outlets just do reach high always reach high and write well and you would be surprised at the yeses that you can get if you present well and in an organized way. So it's, it's, it's just very important to proofread anything, you know, if you're pitching an article and, and so forth, you just, you just have to be super professional um, in all of the, the writing that you do and, all, and the building of your site too. Um, and we can talk more about that in terms of options that you may have for building out your website, free graphic applications and so on that you should use, just do the best you can to make it as professional looking. Um, And if you have to sort of look at some of your other authors that you like or folks that you read and see if you can't do something that's similar, but not a a copy, of course. (laughs) I know Canva has a lot of templates and they're free and I mean, I don't like using Canva because I got used to using Photoshop, but mm-hmm. I'll go to Canva and look at their templates and then mimic them in Photoshop because I really like the templates. Right. So, so you do what you do. 
Yeah, and I, you know, I, I love Canva. Uh, you know, I recommend it to my clients to look at, again, look at the templates and, and look, some folks, it's just, you know, they're not going to be able to do that. They're the writers, but that's why they, you know, look for experts to, to help them pull all of this together. But, you know, templates are a great place to start and look for color palettes that I think Coolers is a website that has great color palettes. So you can sort of identify what your color palette might be that goes along with your personality or a brand that you'd like to create for yourself when you're building your website. So that is another conversation that, that I, you know, that I would have with clients about if they're in the, particularly if they're in the nonfiction uh, sector, you know, uh, vertical, so category, whatever, you know, how do you, you know, what do you, what do you want your brand to look like? You know, all of that really is important. You don't want to just sort of hack it together. Exactly. Um, yeah. It's, now, a lot of what you've been talking about sounds like an author platform. And yeah. a lot of people hear this term author platform and they're like, oh, what? what is that? And I mean, I have my definitions for it. I'm just curious, how do you describe an author platform to your clients? Attention authors, speakers, and coaches. Does your website attract nothing but crickets and tire kickers? Then you might be committing one of the five deadly mistakes of homepage design. Home Sweet Homepage, how to fix the five deadly mistakes that authors, speakers, and coaches make with their website's homepage will help you clear the crickets, repel the tire kickers, and start attracting the right kind of traffic that will convert to readers, clients, and speaking opportunities. Available wherever books are sold in paperback and ebook formats. Bookmarketingclub.com forward slash homepage book. How do you describe an author platform to your clients? Well, I guess I, I kind of think about an author platform the way you might think about, you know, what is your purpose in life, you know, or what, it, what is it that, like, who do you want to be? It's your brand. It's brand. It's your brand. So I really believe in sitting down and doing some of these exercises where you, you learn about yourself and things you might like to write about what you believe in and thoughtfully think about how you're going to position yourself on your website and what, you know, what do you want to write about and how, how can you be different than someone else? Now that sounds manipulative, but when you're, if you're going to choose door number one in your <laughs> writing career, where you're starting out and you want to pitch an agent, let's say with your, and your, it's your first book, or even you've just got a, other books coming down the pike, you know, the big kind of question that everyone asks is, you know, why are you the only person that can write this book? Right. So you need to know the answer to that. And your website should kind of talk about that or your writing should kind of back that up. So I think a lot of, a lot of it is about creating a thesis, you know, statement for yourself and then being able to support that, mm -hmm. but being able to support the question, why am I the only person that could really write this book? So that's kind of what your author platform is. And then 
figuring that out and, and then supporting it and all of the work that you can do. So I have a client, her area of expertise is school trauma. And, you know, she mostly de deals with school shootings. And then she was able to pivot though, when her book came out this year, it was not a good time for the book to come out. Obviously schools shut down, right. but she was able to pivot to, to COVID trauma. So, but her area of expertise is school trauma. So if you eat, whether you're a fiction writer, and I believe anyone who's even writing fiction or poetry should also kind of have other things that they can talk about and other stories that they can tell other than maybe just what their fiction titles are about. It just will give you more opportunities. But if you are writing nonfiction, obviously you probably have an expertise. So in three words, and this can kind of connect to your website also, you know, what are you the authority on? So authority is also a word that goes with author, you know, when you talk about mm -hmm. author platform, your right. brand, your authority, um, what are you in, the authority in? So um, you and I are uh, authorities in author branding or author marketing. If you're a nonfiction writer, where can you start building that authority? And, and in some cases, there's some wiggle room in that when we're approaching the media, but, you know, and you can't always hold that authority because your authority topic area may change. So when we yeah. talk about, let's say, school trauma and school shootings, well, that wasn't really on the table for the author for this year. So she had to pivot. I have another story of an author who her book came out. Um, she's a doctor writing about CBD and CBD for skincare. So there's not a lot of beauty stories. We're not going out right now, let's say too much, <laughs> but how did she pivot? Well, she just happens to also be working on the front lines as an ICU doctor in hospitals. So we positioned her as someone who can talk about what is her self-care routine as a woman who's a physician, who's also has a, you know, an area, she's got the beauty expertise, but she's also kind of thinking about, well, how do I care for myself as I'm a physician dealing with patients right now? So exactly. we were able to pivot. So it's kind of something that as much as I can say, you've got to sort of settle on your brand and settle on what are you an authority in, you still need to be able to pivot these days because that authority doesn't last forever. Exactly. I mean, yeah. Uh, my last book was on public speaking. Well, actually, ah. the book before last after this airs, but the last book I wrote was on public speaking. And I started going in the direction of having of teaching you know, like people to get over their fear of public speaking. And then I realized that didn't, that didn't excite me as much as working with other authors. So now I'm pivoting the content so that it's public speaking for authors. Right. So it, sometimes it's not a radical pivot. It's just changing the direction of your authority. Right. And in business, we, you know, I, I come at this uh, as of having had a business background where and being an entrepreneur and it's, it's what you do now, you know, you just yeah. you need to be able to pivot every couple of years 
So having a mindset of this is going to kind of be my area of expertise. Yeah, maybe for five, five years. And (laughs) so, so, you know, we really need to be, and I think that um, this year, 2020 uh, taught me a lot because I was working with a lot of authors where, you know, we had to make some shifts. So, um, but it teaches us about the value of, of that. So uh, I think it's important for, for all of the listeners to, to understand, you know, to be open to that um, in, uh, in the, if you're writing in nonfiction and certainly with fiction, you know, if you're, if you're a series writer or something, you don't have that option necessarily, but so that may be not as relevant, but you can still also look at different things that you can write about or subject area expertise that you might be able to write about to sort of augment what you do and also to have stories. Because when you're talking about author speaking, one of the questions also is one of kind of my screening questions uh, when I uh, agree to take on clients is how comfortable are they with public speaking and doing mm, public yeah. appearances? Because if a lot uh, of them are not comfortable at all. And I'll tell you, it is a deal breaker. So um, for all of the authors out there, take it from me. You know, you will not get bookings because if someone's looking to book, they're going to look for YouTube videos of you. Uh, they're going to try to see, see if you've done presentations, how did you present? And they're going to be asking um, but, uh, organizations who've hosted you, uh, what, what was the audience reaction to, to that uh, yeah. presentation? So, so it's, it's worth taking some training and also living your life so that you have stories to tell beyond just, and you can certainly talk about the characters and my goodness, you know, you'll have some fans and all they want to talk about are your characters, but also it's kind of fun if you can be an entertainer. It is required now. Yeah, definitely. It's like we all need to take a lesson from 3M because they started off as a mining company and now they sell sticky notes. Wow. I did not know that. 3M stood for like mining M something and M something. They they were a mining company. And then one of their chemists uh, created the glue for -hmm. sticky notes and that just took off. And so they pivoted. I mean, and talk about a pivot. Pivot (laughs) is my word of 2020. I think. Yeah. And Um, I have a feeling it's going to continue into 2021 as well. So I think Pivot is something we're all going to have to do for the rest of our lives. Like the world keeps changing so quickly that you have to be able to pivot. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we have in the book world, we have international markets too. Uh, Mm -hmm. So because uh, particularly now with the fact that we've all really learned how to zoom and do video ourselves a little bit better I see book deals from experts that are in Australia and all over the world. So if it's, for example, English language, there are just many, many more opportunities worldwide, you know, of worldwide acquisition, let's say. Exactly. So there's going to be more competition from other writers internationally when you are looking to sell a manuscript. Exactly. So one of the things I think both of us do for authors is not only help them build their platform and market their books, but also help them pivot. 
So do you, I mean, I, when I started out with books, I didn't hire a person until I got to that public speaking superpowers. Then I actually hired someone and I spent a good deal of money on it. And the book hasn't sold enough to cover that, but I think it was money well spent because I learned so much on how to do my next book better. So what are your thoughts? I mean, obviously, I'm, I know you're going to be pro because <laughs> you, you do this thing, but what kind of advice do you, would you give someone in thinking about, you know, they want to hire somebody to help them? Mm-hmm. What kind of people should they be looking for? What kind of help should they be looking for? The listeners should know, you know, I'm very upfront with my clients. When, when we have a chat, we talk about what are your strengths and what are your weaknesses and what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses? And let's decide what you really need me to do and what you can do yourself. So I, I think that it's helpful if, if someone has a right, an author has an honest understanding of what they can do, can do, what they want to do, and what they have time to do. So the three doors again, right? Door number one, or door number two, or door number three. <laughs> right. So, um, <laughs> so, so for example, if you need to approach the media, uh, a lot of authors probably don't have the first clue about how to write a press release and or how to pitch someone in the media crafting an angle for their pitch, you know, if they're not watching the news every day, living, you know, the news cycles, ups and downs, they will have no idea of where the opportunities are for them. So, you know, that, those kinds of publicity opportunities, if they're, this is probably more for the nonfiction writers, you know, Mm -hmm. so that would be number one. Number two, if they're sort of shy about booking, getting themselves bookings, you know, you've got to call an organization, pitch yourself about, you know, what you can do for them or the type of presentation you might be able to lead. And that initial introduction, if you, if you're not doing it day in and day out might be hard. So authors have hired me pre-COVID. This Mm -hmm. is all pre-COVID, you know, I would book entire tours for them because frankly, some of them have full-time jobs. And so what I can do is I, I am every day contacting libraries, contacting bookstores, other organizations who maybe need speakers. So I'm that person that's working for them while they're working their nine to five job. So I'm getting them them setting up their bookings and then we just email. So that's another kind of a task that if you have a full-time job and you should keep your full-time job, you can hire someone like me to do all of this other author promotion type activities that you don't have the time to do, or you don't want to spend your nights and weekends doing because the follow-up in some cases needs to be done immediately. So exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I've got a journalist, they're on deadline and they need something back from you in 24 hours. So I need to kind of text you and say, okay, I've got this lead for you right now. Here's what they need. Are you able to to do this? Text me back. And so that's one of the conversations again, that I have with my clients is, okay, so this happens and I, you know, you need to know mm-hmm. that I'm going to need you to respond to me in certain cases within an hour. And right. so while you're, while you're working with me, this is how our relationship is going to work. 
And that's another consideration is, can you work with someone like me who is, <laughs> is, is bossy? You know? exactly. And do you, do you, are you okay being handled and are you okay being managed and giving up a little bit? So I can't remember what door number three would be, but you know, those are two, or those are two examples of why you might hire someone in addition to you know, if you hire someone to, to do some graphics for you, setting up your social media, if you're bad at all of that, you know, yeah. it's worth hiring somebody, someone to present your visuals um, beautifully and in, a, in, a, in a, a professional way, just like a book cover, you know, hire as much as you pay, as much as you can afford. And I would say that would hold true for any, any service and do it based on what are your weaknesses, you know? Uh, Exactly. And even if you're good at something, if you don't have time to do it well, hire that out too. Yeah. Yes. Or something Uh, you don't enjoy. Enjoy. Again, it really, a lot of it, it it depends on financially. You know, I, I, if you have all the money in the world, you know, there's a lot that you can do. It, it really, some of it is, it, it depends on your budget. Um, a lot of it, all of it depends on your budget. But <laughs> yeah. the read, you know, I would like for the listeners to know that if, whether you chose door number one, two, or three, the traditional publisher, the self or hybrid, you are still going to need to do a lot of publicity on your own and probably throw some, it's either cash or sweat equity. Yeah. You know, you can't, if you expect, if you have any hope of selling your books, you're going to have to get out there. I had a, a, a client last summer, her book came out and her goal, and she had retired from her professional career. And her, she said, I want one or two appearances per day. That this is my full-time job marketing this book. And so when she was touring, you know, that was our, that was our arrangement is, mm-hmm. you know, for six weeks, I got an afternoon and I, got, and I have an evening. And so she, she approached it as, as work. And, and so that was, that was our goal that we set. So it is uh, for some, you know, if they're retired or if they're taking a break for a leave of some reason for marketing purposes, it, it should be your full-time job. If you can do that, Exactly. look at it. It's one way to look at it. Exactly. So yeah. if someone wanted to learn more about you, and possibly uh, even hire you, uh-huh. how would they go about doing that? Um, go to my website, uh, which is my name, tinakoenig.com, T-I-N-A-K-O-E-N-I-G.com. And you can send me an email through there. And I have a, one of the things that I love to do most is I do like a 90 minute consultation call and it's a great get to know each other conversation. And we can talk about the strengths and weaknesses conversation and mm-hmm. budgeting and the best way to approach your book marketing project, whether you're just getting started on a manuscript and you need coaching, or if you're kind of at a point where you need to start the marketing, really at any stage of the process, we can have an hour and a half call and just hash through it and you will know where you need to start and you will know what you need to do next. Guarantee it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because I give my clients homework. So uh-huh. yes, we, uh, like I said, so we will, we'll, we'll leave, you know, we'll leave the call with a, a place for you to go. And that could be, and then I, I do um, booking packages. So I, I mm-hmm. usually book in blocks of, 
five hours or 10 hours or 20 hours or 40 hours. It really, again, it's all budget driven. So mm -hmm. clients can book me based on blocks of time that I think they need. And again, based on their, their budget. And I have clients that hire me on a retainer basis for the length of the duration of the cycle of their book. So three months ahead of time, three months post or six months post, or I have clients who I manage their basically manage their careers essentially. So, and that's right. on a retain a monthly retainer basis. Okay. So. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wealth of information with us today. <laughs> Too much information. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome. It's great to be with you today. This is your host, Karma Spence, author of the best-selling book, Public Speaking Superpowers, signing off. The Author Switch at authorswitch.com. In the last episode of, oh my goodness, there's hair coming off the top of my head. That's better. Today I have as my guest, and I forgot to get her bio up, so I can't read it to you. <laughs> I know, it was great intro, wasn't it? I'm going to have some fun bloopers here. And I did it wrong again. <laughs> Tina has worked with a variety of authors and Tina has worked with a variety of authors writing poetry, children's books. Blah, 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 blah. I can't do this right. We'll try. Tina has worked with a variety of authors writing poetry, children's books, author submission to reviewers, provides guidance on finding and submitting op-eds, books, library, I can't read, you know what, screw all this, I'm not going to read it. <laughs>